Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program. This is Tom Harris in beautiful Chicago, Illinois, and this is Tom Harris Live. If you are listening to me at 4 p.m. UK time or 11 a.m. here in the U.S., then you are listening live. If you're not listening live, then then you're probably listening by podcast, and the time doesn't matter. Anyway, good morning, and it is absolutely gorgeous today. I've been outside already today. I actually got up an hour early because, uh, you know, I'm going out an hour later. It doesn't seem like it to, to you folks over in the UK, but I'm actually going out an hour later. So I've had an extra hour's worth of sleep here here in the States because we switched last weekend to daylight savings time. So now there's only a five-hour difference between the UK and the U.S. So I got a little bit of an extra rest, and here we are, and and it is now uh, just after 11. And a gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous day out. Spring is here. Spring is actually uh, very well underway, and, and it happened very, very quickly. I know I mentioned, uh, you know, last week it is starting to feel different out. It was start, you know, it, it is now. It's definitely spring outside now. And all over the place we see the buds on the trees. No leaves yet. I expect leaves within the next you know, week or so, but no, no leaves yet. And the daffodils are starting to come up. I think this is probably the quickest onset of spring that we've had since I've been living in Chicago. Fantastic. It is absolutely gorgeous outside. I went out for uh, a little bit of a walk uh, while actually before Chris came on, because I was actually able to listen to most of Chris's show uh, today live, which is uh, unusual. Usually I'm kind of you know, preparing and getting stuff ready and not really uh, paying attention to, to uh, you know, what, what else is going on. And so I don't usually hear Chris's show live. I have to go back and listen by podcast. But I actually listened about uh, three quarters of Chris's show uh, live today, which is, which is very unusual. And we have missed you, Chris. We really have. It really has been um, uh, very, very lonely without you here. <laughs> um, and, and hopefully some, you know, sometime you may feel like doing more than one show a week. And, you know, of course, you know, as I told Chris and, you know, we've chatted about all of the changes that are going on here. Um, of course, you know, it's not just a dictum from on high and you, we have to, you know, Chris Rudin has decreed and therefore we must follow, you know, um, there are conversations about this going on, of course. And, and, but, but, you know, if, if I've, I've told Chris, I've got his back in this, you know, if, if, if he's feeling chained to the station, there's no reason why he should be forced to, uh, you know, to do something against his will because it's just making him miserable. And we don't want that because we love Chris Reardon and we really do. It's a genuine fondness. And I think I can speak for everybody here at United Kingdom Radio that, uh, you know, that we all support Chris in what he does. So uh, if that makes it easier, then, then so be it as far as I'm concerned. Um, good to uh, say hello to, uh, to Bob. I don't know. She is here. Uh, and to Ian. And I have a message from Ian. Um, we're going to be, uh, uh, he is saying, uh, uh, Ian Duff is saying they catch up in two weeks uh, up there in Canada, I guess. Spring is on the way here too. Robins are appearing. No buds on the trees here. But the snow will go in the next month. Yeah, there's just a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of snow left over from that last big storm we had, which was at the beginning of February. Now, you know, 
almost all of it is gone. But you know, we, remember, we had mountains of the stuff. We had, you know, um, almost, uh, I think we had about 18 inches in the Chicagoland area. And there were some areas where the snow was really, really piled up high. And some of these places, you can still see little crusty bits of snow. But um, not uh, not too much. Not not really too much. Um, we do have a um, oh, very odd message coming in from uh, somebody who I don't know. Um, okay, so... <laughs> Uh, anyway, welcome to uh, everybody out there. And I have a lot to talk about. I have a lot of, of area to uh, cover this week. And I was thinking, you know, going into the show, go, starting to prepare for the show as I do, I usually start preparing stuff for the show about Wednesday and start kind of establishing what I'm going to talk about and all that rubbish. But one thing that, that has happened, um, you know, this week, anyway, uh, are some big changes for me at work. And I know I've talked about this before on the show till the change is coming. But uh, the change did happen. Now, I am still employed for the moment. But that that moment, I'm not sure how long that moment is going to be um, because the company that I work for was cut in half this week. Uh, it was a restaurant group. Um, I, I know I've mentioned this before. They own four restaurants, um, and two of them were sold off this week, and that means that you know half my workload has gone, and it's getting to the point where um, we're having you know very little to do, and so basically the the corporate office, uh, like I said, is going to be closing. Um, the the two restaurants we have left are going to be doing their own stuff. Um, and they have an outside company coming in and doing all this stuff. So I'm not going to be um, uh, employed for too much longer. But for the moment, uh, things are what they are, and I can't really complain. Uh, Bob, I don't know, is saying, uh, I totally agree with what you're saying about Chris. We love you, Chris. Yeah, it's true. You know, he's been, Chris has been an inspiration to so many of us. And I know that I would not be doing a show without Chris, and Suko would not be doing a show without Chris. And I think probably most of us kind of feel the same. Um, Wayne is saying, hi, Tom, I'm listening two and three. But I'm bump. Yeah. Thank you, Wayne. Um, Ian is saying, are you getting flooding in the Midwest or melting snow? No, we're not. Uh, it's actually been uh, we've got some mud. Uh, yeah, we do have some muddy uh, mud underfoot. But generally speaking, that's mostly dried up now. Um, we don't have too much. And it's beautiful, sunny day. That seems to be a constant today. Uh, it's sunny in the UK. It's sunny here. And I'm going to be going out later because this is C2E2 weekend. Hooray, C2E2, the Chicago Comics and Entertainment Expo down at the McCormick Place. And Pete and I went down there last year. And uh, it, it's a good show and very, very inexpensive to go to as, as conventions go. This is a very, very cheap one. Um, you know, you pay 20 bucks uh, per person. And I think it's per person per day. But you if you get a uh, you know three day pass, then it's uh, you know, a lot less. I'm not really sure exactly. Uh, we, we can't never go for the whole weekend because it's uh, uh, it's just too inconvenient to you know take time off work and blah, blah, blah. Have the show, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, uh, the C2E2 weekend this week uh, will be setting off right after the show. Um, assuming that Pete gets here before the end of the show, which I'm kind of assuming that he will. And we're going to take the train down to downtown Chicago. 
and maybe catch one of the shuttles from one of the hotels uh, from uh, you know to to McCormick Place and go to the convention. So fantastic! It is a lovely day for it, and um, last year was a good time. And hopefully, we're going to connect up with um, with uh, Matt Kramer from the Legion of Substitute Podcasters podcast is one of the one of the uh, comics related podcasts that I listen to every single week. And he and his wife come down from uh, Wisconsin every year for for this convention and uh we're going yeah, you know, they're friends of mine on Facebook, both he and his wife, and we're going to uh, connect up with them uh, some some point during the day. And uh connect up. So that'll be fun. And it is uh, you know, good time, and it's something convention season has started, and I think the only other convention we're going to go to this year, may, I don't even know if we're going to go, but it'll depend kind of on my job situation, I think, um, will be the uh, the uh, anime convention out at um, at Rosemont. And we've gone every year for the last three years, so I don't see why we wouldn't go this year. But that will all depend. And, and if we can get cheap tickets, which we did last year, uh, then, then that'll make it even better, and we'll go for the whole weekend because that that's that's an even bigger convention than this one. So, great fun, a lot of geeky stuff here that I'm talking about that a lot of you probably don't even uh, <laughs> have any clue, any idea of, of what I'm talking about. This is comic book talk, folks. You know, I used to be uh, a, a huge comic book collector. Well, now I'm just huge. I don't really collect anymore, but. Um, the uh but we do enjoy it and and it's a it's a good time and it's it's nice to look at all the the uh you know the artwork and and the merchandise probably won't buy anything but it'll be a day out and a time for for Pete and I to spend together so spend some quality time geeking out um probably talking with uh, some of the artists and writers and you know people who uh yeah I still have contacts in the biz even though I'm not really involved in the biz anymore, I do do still know some people, and and particularly in the fandom, so it ought to be good. So yeah, I got got my tickets right here, um, and it'll be fantastic. All right, so that is uh, kind of C two E two talk, and um, I was going to talk. You know, I'm not going to talk anymore about Finland. I keep thinking of stuff that I forgot to mention. It is funny because the the the, the Finland talk kind of has gone on too long, <laughs> and I um, and I didn't want to get more into that this week, um, but uh, it reminded me uh, last week um, after I after I'd signed off that uh, I forgot to talk about a few things, and maybe I'll revisit that at a later point, or maybe not. If anybody wants to. Um, you know, to to call in, they should feel free to do so. Now you can get a hold of us several different ways. You can call the uh, Skype number, uh, or I'd say, if you're in the UK, o two o three two eight seven one four double eight is the the phone number. If you're in the UK, uh, or you can Skype in at United Kingdom Radio, or indeed you can email the show Tom at TomHarrisUSA.com. Alternatively, you can you can email me at Tom at UnitedKingdomRadio.co.uk. And I'll still get the email. However, I don't read out emails on the show um, that that you send them. So if you're sending a show, uh, sending an email right now, I won't actually see it till I'm off the air. Because to be honest, I don't want to have a lot of windows open on the computer. I don't like to overwhelm things. And it sounds like they had some problems this week. I know they had this um, 
the Red Nose Day show the other day that didn't happen uh, because of technical difficulties. So many people trying to log in at once. Um, I think that it kind of just caused a a little bit of a, a crash or something, and, and that didn't go on as planned, which is, is very, very sad, because um, I would have liked to have heard that. There was, there was never any chance that I'd be able to participate, because it was happening at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, my time, wh- during which time I'm at work, so I'm not actually able to participate. But I would have enjoyed listening to uh, what they had to say. Incidentally, uh, James, uh, James Sanders will be following me at 5 p.m. UK time, uh, he is going to be on the watch button. Uh, he is going to be broadcasting a, a video today on Ustream. So uh, go, when you go to our, our website, uh, young James Sanders will be on the watch button. So so listening to the uh, the, the audio stream. I don't know if the Ustream doesn't go on the audio stream as well, does it? I don't think it does. I think it is a watch button only. So go to the watch button and uh, see uh, young James Sanders um, doing his show at. uh... (laughs) Did I say Sean? (laughs) Uh, Sean Sean is not. Oh, I see. Um, Right. Um, Okay. Yeah. So somebody is typing in a a Skype. window. don't type in the Skype windows while I'm doing my show, dear. Uh, Unless you're a listener. (laughs) It's very distracting. It's very distracting. Um, Anyway, uh, so I had a a couple of topics to talk about today. Um, And a number, a lot has been going on this week. It has been one of those weeks where it just seems like a lot has gone on. We have the events unfolding in Libya, of course, and that's very much in the news today. And of course, you know, now almost two weeks ago, we've had we had the terrible uh, earthquake and tsunami over in Japan, and it seems sometimes as though life has been one disaster after another. And any time you have this sort of this dynamic going on. When you have a lot of, of big events going on in a row, you start getting people talking about, does it mean something? Is it the end of the world? Is this fate? Is this, you know, is this meant to happen? So any thoughts that people have on this, I'd, I'd really like to hear this. Now, people shouldn't be too surprised by my position on this. Because I don't think that, uh, you know, I don't believe in fate or predestination, or karma. And you know, being a rationalist, you know, I understand that there is not necessarily a purpose to everything that happens. Do events have meaning? If something happens, to, if something bad happens to somebody, does that mean that they've done something wrong? There's a lot of people out there who think that way. This whole idea of karma is, is based on that. And, and it raises this eternal question. Why do bad things happen to good people? Do the people in Japan deserve this earthquake and tsunami? Well, I would certainly argue that they don't. But there are a lot of people out there who think that they do. And I, I'm sure that you know, if you've been paying attention to some of the media coverage, you'll hear and see people in Japan and elsewhere 
saying that the earthquake and tsunami are retribution. Some people are saying that it's retribution for Pearl Harbor. Wow. You know, can you imagine that sort of stupidity? If something that happened 60, 70 years ago. You know, it's, it's insane to me to think that, that this could be retribution for, for anything. Now, one of these uh, people is a, uh, a Japanese politician who's saying that uh, the, the Japan is being punished. And I, I don't buy this. I, I don't buy into this whole magical thinking thing. And I, I don't think that should be a surprise to anybody. I recognize that bad things happen to everybody. Do bad things happen to good people? Yes, they do. But bad things also happen to bad people. Do good things happen to bad people? Yes, it does. Doesn't mean that they were good. And when you start getting into this whole idea, this magical thinking, you know, if that were the case, if people were actually being punished by bad things happening to them, when the hurricanes hit Florida, you remember, I remember this about three years ago, uh, when they had a series of hurricanes hit Florida one summer. And Pat Robertson of the 700 Club is an American televangelist, uh, just completely crazy, was saying that uh, it was God's punishment to Florida for allowing Gay Day at Disney World. When 9-11 happened, and Jerry Falwell was saying that it was the fault of gays and lesbians and and people who were having abortion. You know, this is just the sort of nonsensical thinking that leads to this kind of demonizing other people when bad things happen. They're looking for a scapegoat. They're looking for somebody to blame. You know, the thing is, the fact of the matter is, this, this earthquake and tsunami in Japan is not the result of anything that the Japanese people did. It's just, to, to, put, it, to put it bluntly, shit happens. And it happens to nice people, and it happens to mean people. So the you know, the question isn't you know why do do bad things happen to good people? Well, bad things happen to everybody. That's why. Bad things don't pick and choose who they happen to. Otherwise, you could be good all the time and nothing bad would ever happen to you. Does that really happen? No. <laughs> I mean, I've never known anybody in my life who has never had anything bad happen to them. You know, no matter how good or bad they was, the universe doesn't work that way, folks. It just doesn't work that way. Now, what happens, you know, people are talking about this, this whole idea of, you know, these sort of disasters or whatever happening all, all at the same time. Okay. Or that they're happening more often. I know I've heard a lot of people say, well, you know, there's weird weather. We have weird weather. We have earthquakes happening all the time now. It's happening way more than it did in the past. Now, I think if you go look, I think if you actually look into this, do a little bit of research into this, what you're going to find is that we're not having any more earthquakes. We're not having any more weird weather. We're not having any more disasters happening than has ever happened before. But one thing has changed. One big thing has changed. It's changed the world. We now have the mass media. We have the internet in every corner of the globe. So when these things happen, we all hear about it. 
and we hear about it instantly, endlessly. Now, you know, the mainstream media, they're going to take a, a story, they're going to throw it on the front page, it's going to stay on the front page for a few days, and then they'll go on to the next thing. That's the way the media works. And so we're hearing now about every little thing that happens. Back 100 years ago, if there were big earthquake, you know, we might not hear about it at all. Or if we did hear about it, it might be many, many months later because of, you know, mail or the lack of communication with certain parts of the world. We just wouldn't know. I uh, have a, a comment. Um, okay. No, no comments coming in. Sorry about that. Um, somebody's not listening to the show, though. <laughs> Anyway, that's just kind of my thoughts here. You know, I would love to to believe in in karma, in this whole idea that, you know, if you do good, that you will receive good. But that doesn't seem to be the way the world works. You know, it doesn't work that way. I mean, you know, I know that I, I as a as a human being, I try to always do the right thing. This is part of of my particular ethical sense. I don't go around, you know, doing bad things to people. You know, because bad things, you know, you could talk about bad things happening to good people, you know, but there's different types of things that happen to people. There are events that are not part of anybody's control, you know, things that you have absolutely no control over. And then you have the consequences of your own actions. And when you now when you start talking about consequences of your own actions, you're no longer talking about fate. You're no longer talking about anything mystical here. You're talking about, you know, how you treat people or how you, you know, carry yourself, how you live your life may have a deleterious effect. If you if you smoke 20 packs a day, chances are you're going to have some sort of a bad effect from that. No offense to Fagash Lil. If you drink a lot, <laughs> once again, no offense to Fagash Lil. You know, then you can look forward to having, having some sort of deleterious effect to you because of that. There's a lot of things that we can take responsibility for ourselves that you don't have to involve some sort of a supernatural being or fate as it were, kismet, uh, the sort, of, sort of this idea of karma. And it's, it's a very appealing thought to think, you know, oh, God, that guy is such a, you know, you know what. You know, and, and he treats people like crap. And, you know, he'll get what's coming to him. It's, it's very, very, I think, appealing for us to think about that. And to kind of think, oh, yeah, they'll get what's coming to them eventually. But you know, I tell you what, folks normally they don't get what's coming to them. <laughs> you know, life will go on for them just as it goes on for us. Now, you know, they may face the consequences of their action eventually. Or maybe just more generally, people will start thinking that they're jerks. And then people will avoid them. Baba Nono is saying the media concentrates on the bad stuff and rarely reports the good stuff. So the balance seems in favor of the bad. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and Bob has a, a really, really excellent point there. 
A really, really good point there. Um, the media concentrates on bad stuff because the good stuff generally isn't newsworthy. When good stuff happens, oh, I, I got a raise. That's not going to make the front page of the newspaper. Oh, I got married. You know, that, that might make it into the paper. You know, it's not going to make it on the local television news unless you're Prince William. But the good things that happen to us in our lives generally don't make it to the newspaper. That's, that's very, very unusual. It, it does happen. I have a newspaper article in my, one of my photo albums. Um, it's, a, it's a news story from the very early 1950s that is um, about my dad. Now, my, when my dad was a teenager, he was a, a member of the Boy Scouts. He was an Eagle Scout. And uh, he was—he got actually got an award from the Boy Scouts for helping to save somebody's life. And uh, my my dad, <laughs> my dad was saying it was, it was some kid who was really really stupid, and almost get, ended up getting himself killed. Um, but you know, and, and so so good news occasionally makes the paper, sure. But it's it's not normal because normally you know the good stuff is individual good stuff. And it's really relevant mainly to to ourselves and to our families or to our close circle of friends, um, you know, or, you know, we just started a show, you know, that's good news. I, I, I always think it's good news. I got a new project underway. Um, and, you know, life goes on. But the stuff isn't going to be reported on in the media. But if you have, you know, a big... Um, you have a big uh, accident of some sort, you know, that affects a lot of people. That is news. So you could really are kind of argue that news by its nature, or at least, you know, news programs and news stories by their nature tend to be bad more often than not. You know, the, of course, you do get, you know, obviously here in Chicago, we have sports teams. We have a lot of sports teams here in Chicago. We have we have the Cubs. We have the Bulls, we have the Bears, the Bulls, the Bears, the Cubs. Yeah, <laughs> you you all know the the routine. If you're if you're American, you probably know the routine. If you're in the UK, that probably just went over everyone's head, whoosh, over everybody's head. The Bulls, the Bears, and whenever we win a championship, there is so much media attention. You know, it gets gets play all over the place. Um, Bob Idenow says, "Oh, okay, she's telling this old joke." There's two men sitting in an old folks' home, and they're watching TV, and the one turns to the other and says, we gave up smoking and drinking to live longer for this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, you can live, they, you, you give up your, your drinking and your smoking and, you know, to, to live longer. And, you know, this is, and this is kind of off the topic now. Of course, it's, it's kind of way off the topic now. But um, you know, quality of life, to me, is more important than the quantity of life. And I, you know, I don't have a lot of time for wasted effort, or or you know, for, for things that that don't have any possibility of you know, for for lost causes. If I have something, you know, and of course I realize that I, I'm being hypocritical here because my job right now is a lost cause. I know that my job is going to end. I know that this is going to go be going away in the very near future. But yet I carry on. And the, you know, the, the answer to that is that that I, I'm a dedicated employee, and I want to 
have a good reputation has nothing to do with whether I care about the company really, that, that I carry on and, 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 and am dependable and show up for work every day, do my job to the best of my ability every single day, not because I love the company that I work for so much, because I care about my reputation. And to me, this goes into the category of, uh, you know, doing, doing what's right, you know, for your own reason. You know, it's not, uh, it's not something I don't think that I'm going to get a reward in heaven for, for being a reliable employee. And I know I'm not going to have continued employment as the result of this. However, it can help me when I go to get my next job. There's these things called references. So it does have an event. It, 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 and of course, it is a purely selfish motivation. Anyhow, I'm going to go ahead and take a very quick break. And I will be right back. United Kingdom Radio have teamed up with a brand new online internet radio music service called You Love It, We Play It, aimed at the over 25s and featuring some presenters that present right here on United Kingdom Radio. So if you've had enough of all that rabbit... Thank you, Chaz and Dave. Then try our brand new music service at www.youloveitweplayit.com. Rabbit, 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 rabbit. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> anyway, welcome back to the show. This is Tom Harris. You're listening to Tom Harris Live here on United Kingdom Radio. And it is Saturday, March 19th, and it is 4.33 p.m. in the U.K., 11.33 a.m. here in Chicago. Beautiful day here. I feel like I'm starting the show again. <laughs> Maybe I should just start the entire show again. Yeah, that would be good. Um, no, anyway, I'm going to move on. I'm going to do um, Chris Rudin has decreed. It's another rerun, folks. I do apologize for that. I have been crazy busy this week. Chris Rudin. I love it. As you know, uh, most weeks I do scour Chris Rudin's old shows for clips, and sometimes I find interesting things that Chris has decreed. Things like this. You must pick up coins from the floor, boys and girls. If you see a penny, do not walk up for it. Coll Oops. Sorry about that. <laughs> he says collect it. Oh, I'll play it again. You must pick up coins from the floor, boys and girls. If you see a penny, do not walk up for it. Collect it. And that was Chris Rudin has decreed for this week. Stay tuned for next week because you might hear Chris say something like this. This week I've had beans on toast. I've had beans and sausages on toast. I've had cheese on toast and egg on toast. And we toast to Chris Rudin uh, for... for uh, providing us with the with those wonderful clips and of course there will be more next week all right so if anybody would like to phone in and chat about what we've been talking about they are more than welcome to once again the number is 020-3287-1488 if you're in the uk or indeed you can skype in at united kingdom radio all right so in the meantime i will be doing uh hang on a second i'll be doing today in history 
March 19th, today in history. In fifth, uh, sorry, in 1452, Frederick III of Habsburg was crowned the Holy Roman Emperor. In 1628, Massachusetts Bay Colony was founded. In 1702, James II's daughter Anne Stewart became the Queen of England and also an armchair. In 1822, Boston, Massachusetts was incorporated as a city. In 1831, the first American bank robbery took place. Thieves got away with $245,000 from the city bank in New York City. That was today in 1831. In 1918, Congress authorized the creation of time zones and approved daylight savings time. In 1931, the state of Nevada legalized gambling. And, of course, the rest is history. 1931, and and that made Las Vegas what it is today. In 1942, American President Franklin Delano Roosevelt ordered men between the ages of 45 and 64 to register for non-military duty. This is back during World War II, obviously. In 1958, Britain's first planetarium opened at Madame Tussauds in London. 1985, the first edition of Spin Magazine was released. I remember that. I, I used to have that magazine, actually. Um, I thought it was really interesting. The first, uh, real, um, the first real competitor to Rolling Stone at the time. Um, 1992, uh, British Prince Andrew and uh, Sarah Ferguson, they announced their separation. And today is the anniversary in 1995 of the gas attack in the Tokyo subway. Now, this was done, um, the, the gas attack was done by this uh, religious cult in, uh, in uh, Tokyo. Famous birthdays for March 19th include William Bradford, the governor of the Plymouth Colony, uh, who was actually today was the day he was baptized. They don't really know what day he was born, um, but he was uh, baptized today in 1589. In 1813, David Livingston, Dr. Livingston, I presume, uh, was born in Scotland. In 1821, Richard Burton, the explorer, was born. Not to be confused with Richard Burton, the actor who married Elizabeth Taylor. I don't think he was quite that old. In 1848, Wyatt Earp, the sheriff at the OK Corral, was born. In Monmouth, Illinois, incidentally. That's uh, kind of downstate from here. Uh, in 1860, William Jennings Bryant, the great commoner, was born. In 1905, German architect and minister of armament Albert Speer was born. In 1906, Adolf Eichmann, uh, the uh, Nazi Gestapo head, uh, was born. In 1928, actor Patrick McGowan uh, from The Prisoner was born. In 1933, Philip Roth, the novelist, is born in Newark, New Jersey. Actress Glenn Close, born today in 1947. Happy birthday to Ms. Close. In 1953, Ricky Nelson, the guitarist of the B-52s, was born in Athens, Georgia. And in 1955, actor Bruce Willis was born in Pennegrove, New Jersey. And that is Today in History. All right, so I do have a, a uh, an email here now. Uh, Ian Duff sent me a um, an audio clip, and I don't know how he recorded it. And it was uh, in wave format. I tried to to get the volume of it high enough that you could actually hear what he was saying, but it was very kind of fuzzy. I don't know if he recorded it on his iPad or, or what. But um, 
I was not able to actually get it to be good enough to, to play out on the show. However, this is what he said in his clip. He said, thank you very much for your show today. I was listening to you discuss your travels in Finland. You do seem to do an awful lot of traveling. Is that for your job or, or you just got an enormous estate that you've inherited that allows you to travel the world? I wish. <laughs> I wish I had a biggest. Um, well, no, Ian, you know, I, the thing is, I, I've done a lot of traveling. It's true. But I've done my traveling over a 30-year period. You have to understand that, you know, I've I've taken little trips here and there. And um, done, you know, mostly trips to Europe. I, I did have a trip to Japan, and we'll be talking about that in, in a, a couple months, probably. But, you know, I, starting in 1980, I did, had a, a two-week or three-week trip in 1980. I had a two-week trip in 1988. And then in in ninety six, I had eight months. That was really the only expensive trip I ever took, and that was an eight month trip through um, through Europe. And I saw pretty much all of Europe during that time. It's sort of two months in the north of Europe, two months in you know sort of central Europe, and two months in the UK. I'm sorry, two months in northern Europe, two months in the UK, and then two months in southern Europe. And that was sort of how that went. And then uh, I took a, a short trip uh, in 99. I took another uh, uh, kind of winter. This was kind of a two-month-long jaunt in the UK back in 2000, right right in the winter, kind of over New Year's of 2000. And then, um, uh, then I went in 2002, I went to Japan. 2003, I went to Ireland. 2005, back to the UK again. Uh, 2009, uh, back to the UK again, I like I said, I've been to the UK a lot. That's, that's kind of the place I've been to the most. And, and I am kind of planning another trip to the UK. Don't know when though, because it's going to depend on a lot of things, but anyway, no. So I'm not independently wealthy. Um, and I have to say, you know, I guess this is kind of a misconception that a lot of people have about people who, who travel. You don't have to be rich. You really don't have to have a lot of money to travel. The most expensive thing that you have to, to worry about on a trip is your transportation. And there are a lot of ways to mitigate that. Well, you could walk, which, you know, I do a fair amount of that. You can get a rail pass, which I think generally is a really, really uh, inexpensive way to travel. If you're, if you're somewhere for longer than a week, a rail pass is definitely a way to look. Um, and even if you're there for shorter than a week, if you're, if you're going to go, you know, the other way to save money is to travel selectively. And what I, what I mean by that is you choose a place you're going to go and you go there and you don't go out of there. So you, you don't try to see everywhere in Europe in two weeks because that way lies madness. You'll be hurrying around. You'll be rushing around. You won't see anything really. You'll see a few highlights and it's going to be so stressful. And I, I totally understand why people travel that way. If, you know, if they have to go a very long way. And I know that, that you know, Japanese tourists do this all the time. They'll go to Europe for a week. Day one is Paris. And while you know, that day they go to the Louvre, they see the Mona Lisa, they get out. You know, and, and there are, of course, companies that specialize in this sort of travel. Day two, they go to Berlin. They see... You know, the Brandenburg Gate. They they see nothing else. They leave. They go next day is Rome, you know. And and I can't do that. I can't travel like that. 
And I used to, you know, I, my 1988 trip when I went to, to Finland, that was actually my first time in Finland. Um, I actually saw, you know, uh, Brussels, Luxembourg, Copenhagen, Stockholm, uh, spent my little time in Finland. And then I rushed back, yeah, you because know, I, I flew in and out of London because that was the, the cheapest place to fly into. Um, and, and it was, it was a stressful trip and I was only able to spend a day or two in each place. Yeah. You know, and a lot of my time was spent on trains you know, a lot of the time was spent traveling by train and I, I do love train travel, but it does get tiresome. So the way I tend to travel now is that I'll choose a country or choose a particular area of a country and focus my efforts there. So, for example, my last trip to the UK, we spent our time in the north of England. That was mainly where we spent our time. It was two weeks. We spent over a week in the north of England. And we spent, a few, we spent I think, a total of three days in London. And I spent uh, a couple of days in Gloucester. And that was pretty much it. You know, so that that's kind of how I travel. You don't need, you know, you don't need to stay, stay in expensive hotels. I'm with Chris Reardon on this, that you don't need to spend a lot of money on on hotels because a hotel, is, you know, it's a place for you to sleep, and it, it's not necessary to spend a lot of money. You can, you know, even in London, which is notoriously expensive, you don't need to spend a lot of money. Uh, when I was in London last, I stayed at a, um, a place. I don't remember. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was an inexpensive uh, hotel over by Paddington Station. And, uh, you know, coming to the UK, um, my best friend and I, we shared uh, the hotel for for that. It was two nights that we stayed. It was the night we first arrived in the UK, and then it was the following night. And then the following day, we we took the train up to, to Northumberland. We went up to Newcastle. We spent a night in Newcastle, and then we spent uh, five days hiking the, the Hadrian's Wall Path. And you know, along the way, we'd stay at bed and breakfast. Now, bed and breakfasts are generally a lot cheaper than hotels. And I prefer them to hotels, I'll be quite honest with you. Even the, even the old ladies. You know, <laughs> we, we make fun about the old ladies and the B&Bs. Um, you know, because they often seem very scattered. They, they see... <laughs> um, you do meet some interesting people, and, and that's not necessarily why I travel. But it is interesting uh, to um, you know, to travel. You know, and I travel on a budget. I don't do anything in a big way because I don't need to impress anybody. I do not need to impress anybody when I'm traveling. It's not important to me to stay in an expensive hotel. It's not you know important to me that I you know eat in fancy restaurants. You know, there's no need for it. I want to live as close to, as possible as a traveler can to the way that the ordinary people do. So, you know, I can go to, to Tesco's and, and shop for, for some groceries. You know, I carry them with me on the trail, you know, the things that are not you know, immediately perishable. I stay at a bed and breakfast. I get a meal that way. I mean, that's, that's not only the cost of, of a night, but you get a meal and usually a pretty generous meal. You know, there, there's a lot of ways to travel cheaply, in, even in places that are notoriously expensive. Now, I do try to avoid the more, excuse me, sorry about that. 
Um, try, I had a piece of fluff on my microphone. Nothing, nothing irritates me more than a piece of fluff on my microphone. Um, well, I, I guess there are things that irritate me more. I just, I'm not, <laughs> none of them are relevant to the show. But um, no, that's the thing. it's you don't need to to be rich to travel. And I, I tell people this over and over again. And back when uh, my last job, before the place I am now, I worked at a, a travel store. And it was a store that sold a lot of books, you know, travel books, travel guides, you know, language learning stuff. We had uh, you know some luggage, uh, you know, the sort of little accessories and things that you need uh, to you know to travel. You know, you travel toothbrush and your travel radio and all. You know, we had a lot of that stuff. Anyway. Uh, one of one of the the aspects of my job was to to talk with with clients who were quite often it was these parents who were sending their kids to go study abroad or to uh, you know they're taking a, a little international vacation following their graduation from high school and my job was to to um, uh, Bob I don't know is saying James is that you sodding about I think it is. <laughs> let's blame james <laughs> it's all james fault <laughs> james incidentally will be uh so james is playing me over the street I've... well it is my show is <laughs> bob bob is is not doing anything nope bob you're uh um you're fine bob don't worry about it but I mean, you know, that was part of my job, though, was to talk to people about how to travel, you know, the safe ways to travel, talk about security, talk about the stuff. You know, and, and the one thing that I always, always impress people with, it's not necessary to spend lots and lots of money to travel. And I am definitely, I would definitely call myself a budget traveler. Now, of course, it's gotten more expensive over the years. It really has. It, it has been, um, you know, obviously costs have gone up. You know, I do still stay in B&Bs as often as possible, but more and more, uh, the last few trips I've taken, uh, especially to the UK, I've stayed in pub accommodation. I used to sort of not want to stay in pubs because I was afraid it would be noisy. And only a couple times uh, in the various you know, the pubs that I've stayed in have I really had any kind of problem with noise. So um, I don't really think that's really a concern anymore. Anyway... It's getting way off the subject. I'm so off the subject. We do have a call coming in. Hello on Skype. Hello. You are on United Kingdom Radio, but I cannot hear you. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and hang up now. All right. So that, uh, that was somebody calling in, and apparently their microphone wasn't working. Uh, if you want to try calling back, incidentally, uh, feel, please feel free to do so. Uh, we're more than, than happy to hear you call back. Um, the other thing, oh, yeah, I, I meant, forgot to mention this, or I was going to talk about this a little bit earlier. I was talking about um, the uh, Japanese earthquake. You know, the, the Japanese emperor, you know, people's, a lot of people don't realize that, that Japan still has an emperor because you don't really hear a lot, at least not in this country. We don't hear a lot about the emperor here. But the Japanese emperor, Akihito, appeared on television this week. And that made big news here. Um, 
and to reassure the people, to tell them not, you know, to, to hang in there. Um, very unusual for the Japanese emperor to appear on television. Hello on Skype? Hello, Tom. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Hello. Is this Patrick? Hello. Yeah, it's Patrick here. Fantastic. So, how are you? Yeah, I'm very good. I've been listening to your show. It's been good, Thank as you. usual. Thank you. Sorry, my Skype drops out, so I hope it doesn't Hopefully um, it won't. while I'm talking to you. Right. Um, but I was interested in what you were saying about, you know, the media's influence on people's perceptions about disasters. Okay. Um, and I think, like, it's interesting you use that sort of um, methodology in terms of looking at natural disasters, because I agree with you. I think it's a lot to do with how the media portrays things. But you kind of don't use the same rubric when you're looking at global warming, which is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Because, you know... When I examine some of the stuff, you know, for example, in East Anglia, the university there, they lost a lot of the raw data. And, you know, there was a lot of controversy about people massaging the data, mm-hmm. which didn't actually exist in its original form, as it were. So, you know, there's lots of stuff that interests me about how the media portray global warming as well. Mm-hmm. Well, th- there's there's a couple of different uh, things going on here, though, because you have, you know, you're talking about, Things happening in the world. You talk about natural disasters. You talk about, you know, the the, the reportage of of news, the things that are actually going on. And then you have something like like Climate Gate. So let's talk about that because Climate Gate was the result of leaked emails, stolen emails that were that were released selectively, and they were released in a way that that made it seem as though there were there was hanky panky going on with the data but now there have been five separate independent audits of the university of east anglia's data and they haven't found any wrongdoing they haven't found any any problems in the methodology they haven't found any problems with the data at all okay um and there's like i said there there've been there've been five different uh, people independent investigations of this. And, and, and then, of course, there's the, the University of East Anglia's own investigation, which found the same thing. You kind of expect that if they were actually yeah. trying to cover something up. But you know, the fact of the matter is that nobody has found anything wrong. And that's why we're not hearing about ClimateGate anymore. The, the, okay. but, but the people who were casting the doubt, the people who leaked the emails to begin with, they had, they had an agenda. To make the you know the, the these this small set of climatologists, relatively speaking, and to, to cast doubt on their conclusions, and they succeeded in doing that because a lot of people you know they they're going to see in the newspaper they're going to hear on the TV that there's this big controversy going on about their findings, but you know since then you haven't heard anything about it, have you? Not really. No, like, and I guess because I'm kind of a lay person when it comes to climate change, you know, it's not one of my big sort of interests. So, although, of course, it should interest us all, but, um, you know, yeah, I guess, like, looking at the headlines, you kind of, you know, extract that there's something funny going on with it. Right. And maybe if, if you're looking for an excuse as well, because sometimes I think it's human nature to look at information which fulfills, like self-fulfilling prophecies almost, where you that's, kind of look for things which reinforce your own worldview. That, that's, what, that's what's called confirmation bias. 
Okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, so that is, yeah, and that's exactly what was going on. So, and the thing is, you know, and I could talk about this for a whole show, and I think I have talked about it for a whole show. You would know. I think you're you're the same Patrick who uh, hangs out on the other uh, Skype channel, right? Yes, that's oh, me. Oh, fantastic! For my right. sins. Well, I'm glad you finally <laughs> called in. Yeah, um, yeah. So, the thing is, you know, there's a lot of attention being made to the controversy, but there's been no media attention paid to the fact that they haven't actually found any problems with the data, which I, you know, that, cause that's not the sexy story. That's not the story that that's going to make headlines. Uh, you know, how often do you see, you know, a big headline saying we found nothing wrong. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, happen. Very exactly. Often, right. No. Um, and it does require, you don't need to be an expert. You don't need to be a climate expert, but if, but, you do have to pay attention to the story. And, and when, when these stories come out, you know, take note of them. If you're following a story, follow the story. But most people don't, don't want to go to that kind of trouble. No. You know, they're, they're watching the, their 6 o'clock news, and they don't really have an interest in being so intellectually curious that they're going to go dig. And the, so the media does have a... Uh, it does have an advantage in people who want to lead people around by their nose. And that's kind of the way that political news especially is reported, at least in this country. I don't know if it's the same way where you are. Uh, very much so. And, you know, in terms of people's own bias as well, they kind of favor different agencies. You know, I know it's the same in America with sure. Fox yeah. News. News has been heavily Republican, I guess. Yep. You know, here, for example, the Guardian's more left than, you know, some of the other broadsheet papers. The Times probably more right, you know. So it's all, you kind of seek out the um, sources of information that you want as well, you yep, know. Exactly. And, and it, goes, it goes way further than that because it goes to the, you know, when you start talking about, you start, start talking about, like, the conspiracy theorists. You talk, start talking about this. All of the you know the sites that they get their news from are the ones that can that conform to their their mindset you know the oh the, yeah the, and 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 I've talked about that on my show many many times that that if you want to f learn more about something you have to to draw from as wide of a, a net as possible and if you if you're going to study it you know well, you know go ahead and, and look at the what the conspiracy theorists are saying and look at what the you know the anti-vaccination people for example or the anti you know the global warming people listen to what they have to say more often than not you're going to you're going to see well what are their sources you go look at their sources and their source is some anonymous guy on the internet you know so it pays to look at that stuff closely and and you know the few issues that I've actually gone into, um, and one of the things I've gone into a lot is in the uh, oh, it looks like I've lost Patrick here. Um, uh, I've I've looked into the uh, uh, 9/11 conspiracy theories, and you're going to find that uh, you know a lot of the the sources are very suspect. And so anyway. Uh, I do have to go. It is time to, to wrap up the show. Patrick, I'm not going to call you back, um, but I do thank you for calling in. I don't know why he uh, disconnected there, but uh, we do do uh, call me anytime, Patrick. It's lovely to hear from you. Finally. <laughs> I know Patrick has been, was probably my biggest fan. I think so. Anyway, uh, I do have to go. Uh, I will talk to you next week uh same time same station uh stay tuned for james sanders he'll be up right after here um at uh 5 p.m uk time 
from Tom Harris here in beautiful Chicago, Illinois. Have a great weekend. I'm off to C2E2. I'll talk about that next week. Bye for now.